Is Tim and Sid, we think, for Wednesday, November 18th, <laughs> I'm to McAuliffe. Wow, tight, tight finish, McAuliffe, tight finish. Both <laughs> from our basements, we may or may not have been having technical difficulties. Wow. And I may or may not have swapped out my computer within four minutes of starting this show. But whatever, 2020, we move on. Or do we? Do we move you're like on? A techie. You're like a techie on the show Alias. Remember those techies <laughs> in the espionage shows? Like, what's the one in Homeland? Alias. The Homeland one Alias. where the little guy with the glasses who would help out uh, uh, What's-Her-Face. I'm great with names in this segment, obviously. Just, you know the one. Like, they could just yeah, they the could take any computer and make it do anything, right? You just basically auditioned for that role in real life, and you passed the audition. Well done, right, Cal. Here, well done. We're pulling well the done. curtain back. So we have the tech on the phone. And Sid goes on with Jeff Blair because I was supposed to go on with Jeff Blair on the radio side. Jeff had no sympathy, by the way. Brunt was a delight. Jeff didn't couldn't care less about your technical issues for the record. I defended so, him. I defended him. It's, it's fine. So uh, I, I turn to the tech who's on FaceTime with me, and I go, you're tapped out, right? And he says, yes. And so I scramble Fair over, question. and I get yeah. I have a second computer here. So I scramble over. I unplug everything on my computer. I put the second laptop in front of me. I plug everything back into the second laptop. And miraculously, even though we spent the last half an hour doing the exact same things on the other laptop, which is over there to my left in my basement on the couch that I've moved for this show to do from my basement and stuff. Uh, and it worked. Lo and behold, it's like when they, it's like when you call the tech and they say, Hey, Hey, have you turned it off and turn? And you go, yeah, of course I've turned it off and turned it back on. And they say, well, can you do it again? And then you do it again, and it works. <laughs> and then can you, you turn, feel like you, you jag off. Oh, it happens all the time. Tim, can you turn the camera back to the other laptop that caused you all the mischief? Is there is there a way you can just yeah, swing it back? I don't know oh, if I'm doing things. I want to talk direct. I want to talk directly to the laptop. You suck, laptop. You suck. You're terrible. You suck. That's it. And that's you a, should burn that thing. Burn it. A, uh, burn it. My coat uh, beside it. Uh, I'm fine with your coat, actually. It's very, very stylish. It's very stylish. I'm fine with it. The coat right, is so good. we're good. Right. We do the show because that's no one cares. Because I think no one I cares think well, the sauce. no one cares. Well, I think the I think people made. see you say that, and part of me agrees with you, but part of me is like, well, people, if they're kind enough to give us time in their day, I think some of them care if we were this close to disaster. I think some. I think a few of them might care. So. I'm glad you to see you. Just would have the here. show alone, like you always do. You carry the whole thing on your back, it. like you did when this pandemic well, started. There'd DJ would have carried no next problem. segment. No, I would have run like eight minute clips here. Are you kidding me? Entire <laughs> post game scrums from the present leaves in January. That's what I would have done here. Right. You know, no, uh, I know. All right. Poll. Uh, do you care about Tim's technical difficulties? Yes Good or no? Poll. Strong poll. <laughs> Put Strong. it on the poll. What? Never mind. There's actually non-football stuff to watch tonight. There is. There is. 2020 NBA draft this evening. Raptors have the 29th pick overall. You can watch it live on Sportsnet. Coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern. Yahoo Sports senior NBA writer Chris Haynes will drop by next hour. By the way, I blame this all on the Steve Dangle podcast, which you and I did 
earlier today. Hold on. Can we even say that? Is it out yet? I, Did you just out it again? Because Dangle. <laughs> but That's Dangle, listen, we're advertising for it. He's got free <laughs> yeah, advertising I'll for take it. it more I don't want to let it out of the bag. But he looked at me when I was sitting on the computer and goes, Did you <laughs> change any of your settings? And I'm like, Don't worry. I didn't screw up the show. I do it every day. Don't worry about it. Lo and behold, bingo, bango, bongo. Does this will work? Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. Way to go, Dangle. You turned him into MacGruber. Way to go. <laughs> MacGruber! Um, so, again, so I guess a couple things tonight. We're on the Dangle podcast later with Adam and, and Jesse, and that was a blast, and that was supposed to be like half an hour and turned into a day. It was fun. So that's out later. Uh, also, Tim, could this be a huge night for another Canadian basketball prospect at the NBA draft that you spoke of happening out of Bristol, Connecticut. Donovan Bennett recently had a chance to speak to him. Uh, Kareem Mane out of Montreal, and his story's wild. DJ joins us in about 20 minutes. For those of you that watched Central last night, yeah, I mean, it's been online as well. The yeah. feature was fantastic that Donovan did. Drove down, socially responsible, uh, to Montreal with the crew, and they were socially responsible to, to put it together. It was fantastic stuff. And hopefully uh, Kareem has a good night and can make some basketball history in this country as a result. Yeah. DJ joins us in 20 minutes. Major news out of Major League Baseball, Timmy. Met second baseman Robinson Cano tested positive for performance enhancers. Second time in his career he's done that. Boom. All of next season suspended. He's not playing at all in 2021. What does this do to the free agent slash trade market in Major League Baseball? How does this affect the Jays? We'll discuss. Elliot Friedman will also drop by. We'll dig into the question every hockey fan has right now. Who, what, where, when, and how with hockey, and when do they begin? Uh, speaking of that, Timmy, seems like a good place to start because we have gotten some, That's, I don't know if developments is the word, but some pieces of information about when hockey could start have trickled out over the last 24 hours, and some of them are a little concerning. Is that a fair way right. to represent it? Let me give you the reports, and okay. I think that we might have a little bit of a difference of opinion on this. Uh, yesterday, Larry Brooks of the New York Post reported that the NHL is asking players for an additional 13% salary deferment next season. Larry Brooks is Brooksy. Get that right, Brooksy? Trick me with your words. On, on top of the 10% that the players had already agreed to, in the CBA in July. Now, things obviously change because we're still in this global pandemic. Now, earlier today, Nick Kiprios uh, reported that the NHLPA executive board had scheduled a call for today and wrote, there is some hint the possible threat of an NHL canceled season if changes aren't met. Now, that kind of went wild. Uh, should hockey fans be worried? No. Tim, we did we just not play this game with Major League Baseball? And the like, NBA. And the NBA. But like the NBA, we, we didn't get that close to the precipice. Major League Baseball felt we did. Now, for if the National Hockey League goes into late January on this, they can't get anything in unless it's 30 games. Like that's when I'd get worried. This saber rattling, and we'll talk to Elliot Freeman a little later on, as I mentioned, and and he he's been saying he's been getting texts from players on both sides of it. There's a, they're a little pissed, but they want to play. However, this the length of this call on the players' association side is rather interesting at this point. That there's been no leaks, nothing's come out of it, which means it's still going. Um, but I I I am not getting sucked into this again, Tim. I are the players happy? No. Should they be? 
Nope, they're not. I, but and should the owners be looking after the bottom line, considering some are more well off than others? Others, absolutely, absolutely. But I am not panicking on this at all. I am not overly concerned at all. I, as a lover of hockey, I am not. I am not just I, like a huge wave of anxiety is not washing over me at the thought that players don't like the thought of not getting their money right away. That's not breaking news that players wouldn't like that. Now, they did negotiate something in a previous CBA. I understand that. That's cemented. That's in there. You want to alternate things that have already been negotiated? Dicey. That's a dicey road. And I get that. They're playing. And they're playing no later than January 15th. Because you can't get your 48 games if you do it later than January 15th. All the saber-rattling in the world. And there really hasn't been that much of it here, if I'm being honest. We're just reading reports from people we trust. But if I hear any saber-rattling, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying yeah, it. Th- was that where... This is... Was, sorry. No, not really, Bye, but much. it's similar. Um, this is the natural back and forth of negotiations in 2020. One side floats out something in the media to get a reaction. The PA heard that, and Kiprios, forever in the know, especially on the player's side, offers the other side to the 13% salary deferment that Brooksy threw out there. Even the terms that you hear are all, all part of the negotiation. Gross pay with Brooksy's number would have the players at 62% of their salary. But deferrals are all eventually played. Escrow is held. And listen, escrow might not be paid back based on revenue, but deferrals are eventually paid. Listen, to me, this is the NBA, and I know you went MLB. To me, this is the NBA. But instead of the Kiprios report, LeBron James did it himself, right? He took the bullets on the January start, got ripped. People said, oh, you're, you're out of touch with all the players. But it sounded more real coming from LBJ himself that, whoa, no, we're not starting in December. We're going to start in January. That's when everyone wants to start. Then someone in the media, lo and behold, says, here we go. Season will start December 21st. But the escrow went from 40% to 20%. And that's what it is today. Like, this posturing bores me. The Canada-only division interests me way more than us getting involved with the posturing that will go back and forth and end up with the NBA has already ended up. And I know that there are folks in Canada that don't pay attention to other sports. They have a lot on their mind right now. I get it. No doubt. We're here for you. We watched the NBA do this exact same thing. Did we not, Sid? Where there was a little back and forth, and then it was settled Very little. Very little back and forth, but there was back and forth. But LeBron James saying what LeBron James said changed the escrow from 40% to 20%. Yeah, got it done. Got it done. And he also and he so was that, complaining after it got done too. Like his complaining went both ways. Like it was before the deal was reached and after the deal was reached. It seemed like he wasn't happy. But what he said earlier, you're right, played a huge role in that. Now, will the top NHL people like we're not going to hear that about Connor and no, Sydney? I don't think. Not gonna, no, they don't They're, do we, that. that. That's Until not how you get the, to the NHL very works. End. Right. Correct. I just hope we don't see. Listen, because I don't. Because you're not fooling anybody. That's my main point here, Tim. Right. I hope that saber rattling doesn't happen. It's posturing. Never We're mind. not stupid. You're playing. You're playing. We know you're playing. You know you're playing. The owners know you're playing. Rogers better well. They know for sure you're playing, or those checks aren't getting cut to any owner. 
So don't don't talk to us. And and again, no one is yet. These are reports from people we trust. I understand. I mean, don't go down that road. We're not stupid. Just play. There's there's one thing that that concerns me in all this. Is there any way that the NHL is in a spot like the CFL where teams would lose less money by not playing, and that's why the CFL didn't play? I'm sure there's a couple. The problem with the CFL is, like, what percentage of the CFL do you think weren't comfortable paying to play? Like, paying 80. for that pod. Well, honestly, you, you know the league better than that. 80%, 85%? Uh, Saskatchewan, there's a few that can get through. But even so seven, then, let's say seven the community-owned teams, it's tough because they don't have yeah. this reservoir. So, so a majority of CFL teams would not pay for that hub to happen, especially yeah. without $30 million from the federal government coming their way. So right. now the National Hockey League, are there weak teams financially compared to the higher echelon, upper echelon teams? Of course. Yes. Absolutely. But I, I would say that's a, what is that, a 20% number, a 15% number compared to some of the others? Yeah, I would hope that it's lower than, this, than the CFL. Right. Just the comps that we're talking about here. Oh, it is lower than the right. CFL. Yes, I would guarantee that. Right. But um, but that discussion, Tim, has gone on. I can guarantee you that. Not everyone's, you know, the Leafs and the Habs here. And right. I, it's, it's, it's a very, very valid question for these other poorly run organizations to ask. Right. Sorry. Did I say that or think it? I meant other organizations to ask. Well, when you, when you pull it that thin, like the NHL has, you, we know, like, Listen, they held on to Arizona for how long? Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, we knew it was stretched thin. It's been stretched thin for a while. Everyone in Canada points to markets in the States that don't hold up their end of the bargain, and we all know about it. So then let me this. The thing that interests me more is who's the favorite to win the Canadian division right now because it looks like <laughs> we are going to get a Canadian division. It looks like what everyone wants is 60 games and they will play them all within the division, and that division for the Canadian teams may be all seven Canadian teams. So who's the favorite to win the Canadian division right now? Rogers Communications. <laughs> the ratings, Tim. The ratings. Think about it. The ratings. I think it's going to get to the point, because this is going to be so amazing in Canada, that Rogers is going to say to the National Hockey League, why don't we just kind of leave it like this? Can you not see that conversation happening? New world, man. All yeah. rule, Everything's on the table. Everything. I think the numbers are going to be so good. Rogers are going to have a legit talk with the hierarchy about how can we just keep this going? Yeah, <laughs> how, the why travel not? would be insane. Uh, well, I mean... It would be, but if you play two, three games in six nights in the same arena, it's it's not not that bad of a hit. It's yeah, not I just ideal. Don't know that past but... pandemic, you'll do that. I don't want to poo poo all over that idea, but it's just like the. I'm saying, I'm just saying, Rogers, Rogers, yeah, someone in a suit somewhere where we work, you know, is going to go. This is good, and they're right. This is good for five billion. You should have a say in that a little bit. I think. Maybe just my opinion, but I'm looking forward to that it. Canadian division. Yeah, I mushed it. We'll run this clip back when it doesn't even happen this year. It's not even going to happen this year. Way to mush it. You watch. Not you even mushed it like year. my computer by Steve Dangle. Um, so who's your favorite? Who do you think is the best team in that division? Like, it's, it's really interesting when you break it down because of all the changes within those groups. I like 
I like what the Leafs have done and give me Frederick Anderson in a contract year. I like the Leafs in that scenario. I think so the, the Leafs, Leafs would win that division. The Leafs getting away from Tampa and Boston would do them a favor. Correct? Right. No doubt. And, no doubt. And the Pacific Division teams getting away from the California teams that just so happen to be Kaka now is a disservice to them. Yes yeah, or no? It's true. Uh, I would say yes. Edmonton had yes. the most points of any team last year. Do they have the goaltending to do that again? Um, do they have the back end to do that again? I didn't like, think they hello, got to those 25 yeah. minutes a night for Darnell Nurse. And what and what Tyson Berry is going to show up. Um, yeah. They didn't get to that point total last year because of goaltending. Like Leon Dreisaitl went off. And Connor McDavid wasn't that far behind. And Ryan Nugent right. Hopkins looked damn good. Now, Dave, Ken Holland's been very good at trying to get a bunch of pieces to see if he can put together lines three and four. And I know Jesse, Jesse Pugliarvi's coming back. they got some options. I, like, who knows what Pugliarvi's yeah. going to look like. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't know if Dreisaitl can just say get on my back again like that. The goaltending's got to be better. I don't know if you can duplicate that kind of year. I just don't. And, and that's the only reason I would say that for the Oilers. Because I have no idea what Tyson Berry's going to do. Leaf fans need to just not pay attention to Tyson Berry this year. Because he's either <laughs> the same guy or he's going to drive you nuts and look like uh, Paul Coffey out there. Like, it's, there's going to be no in between with Tyson Berry. I have no idea. It's going to be one of the more fascinating seasons of, in all of hockey. But um, I, I would put the Oilers right behind the Leafs, Tim. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't mind the Habs in that discussion as well with the changes they made. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I'm not as hot on Vancouver as I used to be. Not as hot. A lot of questions. But, uh, yeah, I'd say the Leafs are my favorite. Who, do you, who would you like in that division, Tim? Yeah, I would normally say, like, if, if all things were equal and Jacob Markstrom was still the goalie in Vancouver, I would say Vancouver. Uh, what they get from Thatcher Demko and Braden Holtby, I have no idea. No idea. And it could be good. But Braden Holtby wasn't that great last year. And... In fact, he was bad last year. And Thatcher Demko played like an unbelievable goaltender for a couple games. So what are we to believe? Uh, Tim, Mark at Tim and Sid, as we're talking about the All-Canadian Division, uh, sent us an important update out of uh, British Columbia from this afternoon. Um, Premier John Horgan is asking, no non-essential travel happened to and from British Columbia until after the vaccine comes. Strongest language yet on out-of-province visitors should not come here for Christmas. Now, we're t I mean, if, if the NHL wants January 1st, it's not that, it's not that different a date. You know what I mean? Um, there's, so there is, I think it's, it's, there's a lot still hanging in the ether here for obvious reasons. I think we all understand that. But uh, it's food for thought because that's, that's a bit of news that came out today that we haven't heard from any province, really. And that could throw a bit of a wrench in some of the Canadian division travel plans. No question about it. So... Yeah, and they could, I mean, they could change things that would do that. Um, could do, yeah, definitely, that says, definitely. That says uh, for Christmas, uh, oh, until the vaccine comes, right? <laughs> right, so that changes things. And the fact, it's not like we're going to get, you know, it's not like Canada's going to get 38 million doses by January 10th from the sound of it, right? Maybe right. four. 
is what the government I, I, actually I don't know said enough today. about that. I'm not going to try. Government's saying four today. That's 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 all I know about it either. But they're saying uh, four million doses will be available in Canada between January and March is the number. Um, so it's going to be kind of a uh, it's going to be a crawl and not a sprint to normalcy, Tim, as most of us understand. Right. But, and obviously, the most vulnerable get those first four million, or the richest. Look, let's be honest here. Rich, yeah. rich people got tested really quickly over the last eight months. Did you not notice that? Like Rudy Gobert got tested on March 11th that night. Yeah, the How the United hell did States, that happen? The United States, that's no surprise whatsoever. In Canada, unless you're setting up your own testing, I don't know that that happened. Rapid testing those, is just as every, important. Rapid testing All those just things as that important. you're talking about is people setting up their own testing. Correct. Correct. Right. Um, well, we'll see. Obviously, a lot of balls in the air here. Let's, uh, let's hope we get to a point where a schedule is one of them for the National Hockey League, and they announce it. Uh, we are going to get to the NBA, but Donovan Bennett is joining us soon. We uh, we went a ways on that. I didn't think we were going to talk that long on hockey. <laughs> we had the we had the note from Larry Brooks. We had the note from Kipper. I thought we were going to switch over to a draft that is that like that has no consensus number one pick tonight, Tim. Have you do you remember a draft in recent memory like this? And yeah, never mind the I never mean, mind the context of how it's happening virtually. I'm not impressed by that anymore. We're in 2020. Yeah. Everything happens virtually. But who you don't know who's going first overall tonight. It is bizarre. The last one that I can remember was Anthony Bennett, and that draft wasn't very good. So does that tell you something about the draft that there's no, or is it just quality at the top? Tim, I, I, I think the fact that there was such little scouting allowed here by it's every team has really muddied the waters. Like there, you... There, there are people online who, who, who are saying picks 20 through 40, and the Raptors are at 29 tonight, picks 20 through, through 40, and it could be earlier than 20, you might have ridiculous talent slip just based alone on the fact yeah. no one watched them play enough. And this is, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a super bizarre scenario, but you, if you're a talent evaluator, you make your bones on, on a night like tonight. This is a different type of draft, and it's going to be really interesting what happens. Uh, Chris Haynes, Elliot Friedman, and coming up next, Donovan Bennett is going to join us. We'll talk to him about Kareem Mane, who is trying to make the jump from Sejep, which is uh, the Montreal wow. high school system, to the NBA. He is draft eligible. Donovan did a wonderful piece on the young man. Uh, we will talk to him about that situation and maybe walk down the road of what we think the Toronto Raptors might do and might reveal with their 29th overall pick. And we'll do that next right here on Tim and Sid, Coast to Coast and Sportsnet Television and Radio. Tim and Sid, Sportsnet, Five Night of the Fan in Toronto. Coast to Coast on Sportsnet. First Woj bomb of the day. First Woj crazy. bomb of the day. This is nuts. Let's bring in Donovan Bennett, who has done a wonderful story on Kareem Mane to download this Woj bomb with us. Donovan, how are you today? 1 800 Dial a Hoop Head. I'm great. How are you guys? <laughs> what is. Uh, I thought I was listen- going to do it. You thought I was going to do it. <laughs> Donovan, do you what? win the uh, 
Uh, I know. I know what you're going to do, or what what I thought you were going to do. Uh, did you? Uh, when did you decide you're going to win the worst wall color uh, contest? <laughs> oh wow! When oh, wow. did you? We're going. When there. did you go? Okay. When were you Sam Presti okay. with the wall color contest? No. Donovan when? has an orange I'm, autumn, I'm, dark you, orange uh, wall behind him. Yeah, go ahead. Thank go, you. Go ahead, I think it, no. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's red. It's red like the the habitant uh, over I, your shoulder. You might think it's. You might think it's a lot of things. My guy. Listen, no, you know what? This is great because uh, I am coming to you live from the basement of uh, my in-laws, who, who I am oh, staying snap. with right now, as <laughs> there's some stuff going on at my house. And so the wonderful people that you, that you shook hands at the receiving line of my wedding, Tim and Sue, just good hearted people who love your show who actually in fact say that they like you guys more than they like me when I'm on your show. You are going to talk about their home decor Sarah on national TV? I, I feel shame. I'm off oh. camera. I don't feel comfortable. I'm, I'm awful. I'm sorry. This, I'm sorry. This is the Donovan's in-laws. I'm sorry. whole thing was Tim's idea. He decorated his computer. house with a Bacardi bottle like he's in university. <laughs> an, an Oilers retro jersey like he's an IG influencer. Reverse and retro. And you're going right. to come... Reverse retro. Get it right. Reverse retro. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, you were, you were saying oh, about the decor? What a What a douchebag. Yeah, what are you saying about I, the decor, Sid? The decor makes to keep it... My, my young son quiet so I could do this hit on your show. You're throwing shots. Okay, it's good. You know what? I, I looked at it incorrectly. It really brings joy to my heart here in 2020. <laughs> it's just a different... It's seasonal. The thing I like the most about it is it's seasonal. It's very autumn-ish, as Tim said. So I'm sorry. All right, let's get to the Woj bomb. Uh, Six Zero's done enough pissing off uh, Donovan Bennett's guys in doing the show in front of a backsplash, and he's talking about my wall. <laughs> you wish you were here, dude. You know it. I got a golden tee four feet away. You know you want to be on my set. You know it. Woj bomb, Tim. Come on, backsplash. This is, this is weird. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting: the Sixers are trading Al Horford, a first round pick and a second round pick. Why to not? the Thunder for one Danny Green, who returns to the Eastern Conference okay. after already being moved around, after already struggling with the Lakers. Tim, you didn't finish reading the tweet. You just said Danny Green and you stopped. What else, what else uh, is Philly getting in this? No, that's, uh, that's the end of the tweet. <laughs> uh, Sid Sixero, there's nothing else there. It is just, uh, just Danny Green uh, that is going back the other way. What? Just Danny Green. Just Danny Green. A first? It'll be a late first, but a f another first. What will there be more of on earth? Vaccines for Moderna and Pfizer or first-round picks for Sam Presti and OKC? I don't know. This is another first for Oklahoma City with Al Horford, who I don't hate. He's old. Al, Hor Al Horford. I don't hate Al Horford. Al Horford is making $27 million this year. Danny Green is making $14 million this year. That's, that's, that's half of what James Harden just got offered. That's nothing. That's no, nothing. You're, take, you're taking on Al Horford's salary with the picks. That's what the difference is. But, do, like, does Philly uh, – Philly, they don't owe the rest of the league. Hold anything, on. You're missing the point here. Pick. Philly is, is opening no, up cap space for James I Harden. I understand. I just oh, okay. can't get over another first-round pick to Oklahoma right. City, which is unbelievable.
does that immediately make Philadelphia the favorite to land one of these big names? I don't, I don't care if it's James Harden. I don't care if it's Russell Westbrook. It seems mm. like they're adding something here no doubt. when you make a no deal doubt. like that. That's a, shout, Donovan, that's a salary shed. Your take. Is this now a 100% certainty that James Harden, that your boy Raphael Stone, GM of the Houston Rockets, isn't maybe going to make it un- – shout out Raphael I need a photo of Raphael Stone somewhere on the set. Do you think, <laughs> Donovan, that the Rockets won't exactly make things uncomfortable for Westbrook and Harden, which was the quote that came out of that camp earlier today? Do you think now it is a 100% certainty, especially after this move and shedding of the $27 million, that James Harden is going to join that failure of a big three in Brooklyn? Do you think he's going to go there? I mean, last I checked, it's not up to him, right? Like, as much as he could do what nobody with an accountant would do and say, I hate this so much, keep your $103 million. As much as he can say that, he's not Le'Veon Bell. It's not the NFL. In the NBA, you can't just say, I'm not showing up and have those years tick off your contract. Last I checked, he does not have two years on his deal, does he not? And so you're mean to tell me, Tillman Fertitta, the the guy's so petty that he openly fought with his GM and his coach while he was paying them. He would never go over the luxury tax, but wanted more for them. He's going to say, you're right, James. I'm going to let you go to the, to the place where a guy who told me he needed a sabbatical, then two minutes later had a new job. I'm going to let you go there and, and win a chip. And I'm going to be stuck here holding the bag with, with nothing to, to show for it. I, I understand it's the player empowerment era, but part of the reason why LeBron had power is because he continued to do one-year deals. I, why would the Rockets move him to, to Philly when, when Philly doesn't really have anything to make him captain? We're talking about moving Russell Westbrook for John Wall, which is like a skinnier version of the same thing. It, I, I, to me, I, I don't see why that makes sense for Houston at all. No matter what James Harden says or how none of it makes sense make for Houston. But this we, is the why? NBA, Donovan. This is the NBA. Stars call their shots. That's what happens in this league. Let's not act like it's it's not that. This is Star, James Harden calling leverage. every shot. Stars with stars with leverage call their shots. Giannis has leverage because in a month he has a real decision to make. So they're gonna have to run around and make him happy until then. LeBron had leverage because he could always leave at the end so of has, that. So how, how are the Minnesota Timberwolves off. after the leverage they had on Jimmy Butler? How are the Timberwolves after the leverage that they had on Jimmy Butler? How did that work out for the Timberwolves? Well, was that he, a good situation? Jimmy Butler leveraged that. that. Why are we Jimmy using Butler the Minnesota that? Timberwolves as an example for anything? <laughs> because Anything. they had they, they exact, like eight it's the point exact guards in a row, and one of them was Steph Curry. It's the exact same example you just gave me. Well, no, it's not his contract year. They have the leverage. Jimmy Butler made it a nightmare. Made an absolute nightmare for that organization. And then they had no choice but to let him go. When everyone's soul got crushed, he destroyed Cat. He killed everyone from a, from a confidence standpoint in the organization. Then he got his way. Then he got his way. Don't okay. tell me he doesn't have leverage. Sure. James Harden would do the exact same thing. Russell Westbrook's going to do the exact same thing until they get their way because that's how this league is run. Teams are powerless yeah. against Here's- the superstar. I need to get more in here, um, and okay. I hate to do that okay. to you, Donovan, but it might change. So the Sixers are all, are sending a lightly protected 2025 first-round pick and the 35th overall pick in tonight's draft. The Thunder are also sending Terrence Ferguson to the Sixers with Green. Um, 
Al Horford gets $81 million over the next three years. That's a lot and, of money for Al Horford. And Danny Green wow. is in the final year of a two-year $30 million deal. So that adds context to the shaping, which is still a salary dump for Philadelphia. Go ahead, Donovan. Sid, I, I hear everything that you said with your outside voice loud and clear. Here's the difference. That in Minnesota, they had invested in Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. They gave them money, and their birth certificates were a lot younger than Jimmy Butler's. Correct. So if they had to choose, they chose those two guys. There is no consideration in Houston on who you're choosing. There is nobody else. And so let's remember, they traded Robert Covington for more draft capital than the city of Houston got for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that, that's where they're, they're not necessarily thinking uh, about, okay, we're, we're, go we're going to pivot around a new star. Like, no, they have their star. So unless you're getting a star back, unless Philly's going to say, okay, you can have Ben Simmons plus, plus, plus. Well, sh then sure. But, but, but I don't necessarily know, one, if that makes Philly any better. But, but two, I, I, I don't see Tillman Fertitta, of all people, saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a rebuild mode. But but we'll see. Um, also want to throw out there from Sam Amick of The Athletic. Uh, sources telling The Athletic that the Bucks kings signing trade, which was expected to send restricted free agent Bogdan Bogdanovich to Milwaukee for a host of players, is in peril. Mm -hmm. There was never an agreement from the 28-year-old small forward to join the Bucks, and that element has become a major issue High-ranking team official says deal has issues and outcome is unclear. Tim, I was always told the biggest issue uh, in a sign-and-trade collapsing is no sign. <laughs> that's, that's always the biggest issue. This could be a blessing for Milwaukee. They can do better than him. They could do better than him. This might be a good thing for the Bucks in a weird way. Might be a good thing. Um, Donovan Bennett Donovan. Tim and Sid. Go ahead, Timmy. I was just going to say, let's get, let's get to the draft yep. because I know yes. we had you on to talk about a wonderful story that you did. Uh, we're going to tweet it out for those who haven't seen it. It was on the air last night. Uh, it is available on Donovan's uh, Twitter account, so you can go check it out. But tell me about a young man who is trying to become the first ever to go from Montreal High School or the Sejep system to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it, it, um, you know, producer... I'm believe Michael Attic, who worked on it with me, and Jeremy McElhinney, who put it together. I think he was one, when we were talking about the story, talked about the fact that this story is kind of like if the Pascal Siakam story and the Alfonso Davies story was one story. This is what you have in this kid. Uh, family immigrated to the country not that long ago, has been playing basketball for five years, naturally, was playing soccer before, and rapidly has improved uh, over the course of the time playing the sport, so much so that in high school gyms, you have Tom Izzo flying the, the Learjet to go to Montreal, uh, Danny Manning, uh, Patrick Ewing. They're, they're watching his high school games and, and practices. Uh, Penny Hardaway uh, was hard uh, for him, and he decided... Well, listen, I, I know I have NBA interest. He had an NBA agent when he was playing and killing it for the under-19 team uh, in Cyprus uh, for Team Canada. An NBA agent uh, approached him as early as then, even though that is obviously illegal, and he was smart to stay out of that situation. But the NBA has been on him for a while because even though he's raw and he's only been playing the sport for a little bit, you're talking about uh, a 
six five at the time, now six six point guard with seven foot wingspan with almost a forty inch vertical that ran the the three quarter length uh, floor second fastest in the combine, and he's still learning and has a voracious appetite to get better and to learn. and And he's intriguing in a prospect, not just because of you know the basketball measurables, the intangibles. You mentioned he went to Vanier College, uh, the Egypt School. That's the first time he learned in English. He, he, it's his third language. By his second year, he was tutoring the other student athletes and on the honor roll. His abilities to, to pick up things is, is super fast. And in a year, and you guys talked about earlier, how this, this offseason is different because of you can't really get a handle on these prospects. There is more of a value on the intangibles on these prospects because you can't really measure the measurables in the same way as you could uh, in future years. And the intangibles for this kid are through the roof. On a scale of 1 to 10, and Tim, I'll, 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 I'll loop you into this. How shocking a Canadian basketball story would this be? Because the three of us have seen things in 20 years in this business. That, I mean, it, like new ground was broken every time with these Canadian kids in the NBA and nights like tonight. Where would this be out of 10? Like, is this a 9.5 Canadian basketball story in terms of shock, in terms of awe, in terms of improbability? Like, it feels like the more, the more I learned, I mean, truth be told, I didn't know enough about him, Donovan. You have helped me a lot. This is this is as improbable as it gets, is it not? Yeah, I mean, it would have to be a 10. It's a great question, especially when you put it that way. And because of the confluence of factors, going from Canadian high school to the NBA is, is unheard of. Never mind CJP in Montreal uh, to the NBA. But, but it's a tipping point that shows you, well, there's talent steadily coming out of Montreal. Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. uh, Lou Dort in the NBA. Uh, and, and there's more on the way. Um, it, but, but certainly, I think there's a confluence of factors that are making this possible. The pandemic being one of them. He would have gone and, and been potentially a one-and-done in a major NCAA program, but since he's so new to the sport, he needs to constantly play and get better. And right. if we have an NCAA season that right. isn't the same or doesn't happen, he needs those reps. Being in, in, with an NBA team or in a G League situation will be better for him. The other thing is, remember, the draft, the draft normally is in June. Now it's in November. So he's had a, you know, around four-ish months to continue to work on his game, continue to do NBA drills, to continue to work on his shooting, which is the only real question mark about him. And I think that puts him now in the middle of November in a much more intriguing spot for evaluators than if the draft was actually in June. Okay, it's been a roller coaster ride for, for Mane. Let's continue this conversation and the draft after the break. We've got to take a commercial break. But when we come back, uh, Donovan, can you stick around even though your in-laws um, may be tweeting into the show as we speak? Yeah, I'm going to go apologize to them, and then I'll be right back. Okay, apologize. Uh, Guys, it was my computer. Tweet. I'm sorry. It's my computer's fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to blame my computer. Today. And Donovan Bennett remains uh, Sid Sixero. We'll see. Tim and Sid, <laughs> Sportsnet Radio and TV. Just love It's autumn. It's nice. It's on a wall. Tim, Sid, and Donovan on this NBA draft night in the NBA. I guess it would be in the NBA if it was NBA draft night, but I digress. Correct. I'm confused because cut the music, cut wow. the music. Uh, cut the music from the talent. Everything is happening. I said. Everything is happening. Let's start with Donovan's wife, Kate, who tweeted into the show after Sid oh, Sixero boy. ripped the background that Donovan revealed to us this, this was his in-laws. His mother 
and father-in-law's basement somewhere in suburban Hamilton. Kate says, and I quote, a wonderful, by the way, television producer in her own right, probably better she's than her great. husband, but again, she's I digress. Favorite. She's my favorite Bennett right now. She's my favorite I, Bennett. No cap. I quote, tell Sid he should expect a strongly worded email from DJ's mother-in-law about his criticism of her interior design choices on national TV. The pink color is Caliente, I, by the way. Yeah, I think I'm going to get some Caliente here if I come in contact with your in-laws because they're not going to be happy. I saw it from a different angle. Well, I'm half colorblind, so I mean, what it is what it is. But I, so I you now that be I throwing the stones. Well, I'm just saying. I'm looking sense. at it again here, Tim. I'm looking at it again, like the right, like t- t- like I'm looking at it. The right Coming over, over the now. left shoulder. The left right. shoulder of Donovan's a little different than the right shoulder of Donovan. There's obviously different shades in terms of the lighting. I I didn't get a complete look at it. I judge first time in my life. I've just judged something very quickly, and I I maybe right. take it back. I maybe just take it quiet. back. All right, we got my, uh, Matt Babcock, not Mike Babcock, but Matt Babcock, not Mike, Matt. I'm not struggling at all. Uh, he is suggesting right now, he does stuff for CBS, and he is suggesting that the Mavs and Thunder are discussing a trade that would send Danilo Gallinari to Dallas in a sign-in trade and the 18th pick to OKC. So, so another, another first-round pick. If you OKC. ask for another first-round pick, for Sam Presti and OKC, Sid, <laughs> they, for those who don't know, they have 17 first-round picks. They now have t- 19 no, after the last 25 minutes. This is after not the last done. 20, well, that one's not done. It, sound, it sounds like the Horford one is, though, so we can go to 18. Holy right. cow. What is he going to do with that? Now it's bordering on ridiculous. It That's is crazy. bordering on ridiculous. That's crazy. And the, the other thing that I think we need to talk about in this four-minute block is, <laughs> is the idea that this deal, and blame it on the Kings because the Kings screw everything up. But if this deal falls apart for Bogdan Bogdanovich, like if you're if you're Giannis Attentacumpo and you watched the Milwaukee Bucks say love peace and hair grease to Malcolm Brogdon because they didn't want to pay luxury tax, and then have a deal that is supposed to keep you there fall apart, are you not looking at this and saying, What the hell? Like is this a front office that I should really be trusting? Donovan. I, I give, I, yeah, Donovan. I give my take on Bogdan. I'm not a fan. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it reminds me, remember uh, a little while ago when Memphis had a deal, but it wasn't agreed upon which Brooks they were trading? Like, this is kind of uh, <laughs> what what this I reminds me of. that story. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a little bit. Dylan and who? Sense if it was Boyan, who was the other Brooks? Dylan and who? Who was the other Brooks what? in that story? Who was the other Brooks? Scott Brooks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, like, so this is this Giannis decision that, that we're, we're going to get. And I think what you were alluding to with, with Jimmy Butler in the previous block said this is kind of where we're at in the NBA, where your story goes one way. You're sending a star, lovable, all star. We like you. MVP. Then it's when are you going to win? And now we start to scrutinize. And whether it was LeBron or Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis, these, these guys decide, okay, I'm going to give you the first seven years of my career to figure it out. 
and prove to me that you're competent and prove to me that you're going to put me in a position to be considered a winner. And if you can't, I'm going to say peace and I'm going to go figure it out myself. Either I'm going to go to an organization that's going to be competent or I'm going to become the organization and I'm going to team up with my homies and I'm going to play somewhere that I want and, and I'm going to dictate who the coach is and I'm going to dictate where you spend your money. And I think this is where we're at. And, and so Giannis, for me, is at that inflection point where the Bucks have to show and prove. You want to come to prom with me? Well, let's see. No more long talking. Let's see what you can do. And so messing this trade up would not be good on the resume. Uh, Marshawn was the other Brooks. Sid, I'm going to get Marshawn. Chris Marshawn. Haynes is going to join us a little later on. We'll, we'll huh? discuss this with him and all that's going on. Because, again, in the great words of one Bob Cole. Everything is happening. It's also, Elliot, uh, Elliot Freeman is going to join us next hour as well with Chris Haynes. Donovan, I may text you later to get an address because I, uh, I may be sending a gift basket uh, in the near future to your in-laws that I may or may not expense to Rogers Communications, but whatever. Maybe I've said too much, but it'll be from the heart. It'll be from the heart. Thanks, DJ. Love you. More Timmons said after this. Time for real sports talk with Tim McCallum and Sid Sexero. What a day it is. Elliot Friedman coming up to discuss the back and forth between the NHL and the PA through the media that has some people worried about whether or not a season may happen. We'll discuss that with our NHL insider. But as we've been saying for a while, Sydney, this is NBA draft night and... It is unbelievable what is going on right now as I peruse Twitter during the commercial break. Uh, I'm here for it. It's been a long eight months, McAuliffe. Not, you're not <laughs> suggesting otherwise, I know, no. but damn, this is fun. Chris Haynes from uh, Yahoo, senior NBA writer for Yahoo Sports, joining us here on Tim and Sid. Uh, we'll get to the Anthony Davis discussion that you had earlier this week, Chris. But, Chris, has, has OKC acquired another first within the last three minutes that you can tell us about? Has there been any other breaking news on that front? What can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, see, they're going to be on the draft for the next decade, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, what, they, what they've been able to compile, you know, look, you have to give them credit. This is the, this is the first part of it, um, you know, being able to acquire assets like this. Uh, so this is definitely great. He stockpiled them like, like nobody's business. But at the end of the day, there's going to you know, come a uh, time where you actually have to pick the right talent and um, put it together. But so far, so good. I think OKC, for you know, everything that they've gone through, and they, they've definitely um, gotten the most out of giving away um, the star players that they had over the last couple of years. For those who don't know, the number right now is 17 first-round picks uh, come 2026. That could turn into 18 if this Danilo Gallinari deal goes through. And, like, eventually, like Sam Presti has a pretty good track record, Chris, of picking players. I mean, that original OKC team was unbelievable when you think about who was there. Russell Westbrook, KD, Harden, Serge Ibaka. Um but can he, like, is, is he going to trade for anyone for the now? Because last I watched OKC on the floor, 
they were a pretty good young team with Canadians too. Yeah, yeah they do. I mean, that boy Shea over there, man, he, he's legit. He, he's yep. the real deal. Uh, I mean, they don't necessarily have to do anything for them now. Um, I understand, like last year, what they the success they had. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody in the organization really expected that. So um, that was just like kind of aberration right there. But you know, they really they really can just bring in guys that's going to probably be on the, the around the same age curve, so they can grow and develop together. And I think that's going to be playing moving forward. And you know, obviously, you, you mentioned all all of those picks. It's just astounding when you think about it. Um, you know, maybe at some point they'll be able to accelerate um, their their curve and trying to compete by you know using some of those assets to to bring in a, a top-notch talent you know maybe that'd be the way but as of right now uh, i think they're showing especially you know with the coach that they promoted a young coach you know that they're, they're not in any hurry right now uh to get to to be in competitive and contending for championships right now they just want to build a solid foundation and i think this is the first start chris haynes yahoo sports joining us here on tim and Sid. this is this night's getting better by the minute NBA draft coverage begins in less than 90 minutes on Sportsnet. And, I mean, I don't want to belittle anything that's going on in that draft. This is the moment a lot of these young men have been waiting for. There's some real talent there. We'll get to that in a second. But at this, this Al Horford deal that just took place where Philly clears $27 million from their cap, Chris, um, two questions. One, do we hear about a James Harden trade during the broadcast tonight at some point, do you think? And if we do or whenever we do, so you don't think it's tonight? No, I don't. Okay. Eventually, if it does happen, if. Or will something happen? Yeah, will it, period. Are you just, are you just down on the entire idea? Because then I'll, I'll just stop going down this road. I was going to have a lot of fun. But I trust your opinion no. way more than Mike Lee. <laughs> so go ahead. No, <laughs> I, I just think it, it all depends on James Harden. I think, on, I think it's going to depend on how much pressure he wants to, to put on ownership and put on management to – to see what they're going to be able to do. Now, look, the way that Russ and James Harden have gone about requesting a trade has been quiet. You know, it, it wasn't the Anthony Davis route. You know, Anthony Davis requested a trade. We got news of it, you know, right away. And it was out there, you know, in the public. So that kind of like, that put a lot of pressure on the front franchise, the organization. You know, it was ugly. You know, a lot of times when you demand a trade, when you're the franchise player, it gets ugly. This is kind of going about it in a roundabout way. Like, you don't want to offend anyone. You're not really saying anything. And, and A.B. was up front, even after the trade request, publicly let, saying, saying, like, I, you know, yeah, I want out. You know, he said it numerous times in, in interviews after the fact. And James and Russ are just being quiet right now. And um, so I, that, that's why I say that, it's going to depend on James Harden, how he's going to handle this. Uh, I think he's hoping that something will get done right now while he doesn't have to say anything, while he can keep quiet. That way that when it happens, or if it happens, uh, he will still be somewhat adored in Houston. But if you really want to get out, and if that's, that's the case, then at a certain point you're going to have to just say it and say it publicly. We've been telling you for years that Chris Haynes is one of the best uh, and tapped-in NBA insiders out there. He is joining us here on Tim and Sid. A lot of people, Chris, are just connecting dots, and it makes sense. So so Daryl Morey is now president of basketball operations. 
in Philadelphia. He moves a deal in Al Horford's deal that gives him a little bit more f- flexibility. Poor Danny Green, who still hasn't gotten his ring from the Toronto Raptors, is on his third team, and his third team is saying, well, this is an expiring contract. It's a good trade asset when they acquire it from OKC. So does he have to make another deal? And if Daryl Morey is doing all this, he's doing this to make a significant move, is he not? Yeah, or, or to put himself in position to make a significant move. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, Danny, you know, Danny Green, um, you know, look, he, he's a solid player. You know, we, he's not a scrub. You, you guys know that. Um, and so he could very well fit and stick there um, in Philadelphia. Lord knows they need a shooter. <laughs> you know, they, they that, that, can, that can help them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they, they know, they understand, like, Daryl Morey and James Harden, they're extremely close. Extremely close. And I, I can't imagine James Harden really considering Philly if Daryl Morey was not there. So, with that being said, no, I think Daryl Morey's going to definitely uh, continue to push and continue to try to um, throw assets or throw players in there and uh, in, in attempt to acquire James Harden. I just don't know that they really have the asset. And, and look, and if you look at what Right. Um, you look at what Milwaukee did and what they gave up to get Drew right. Holiday. I'm not saying that that set the market, but you do have to look at that and say, like, damn, okay, well, uh, you know, as the Rockets, you've got to come away with something like that if you're not getting a superstar player back in return. So, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of, um, there's just a lot of things that Balls you know that's going to be on display, and it's going to be really hard to dip and difficult to dictate what it exactly is going to take to get James Harden or Russell Westbrook. So I was reading a lot of like local uh, writers in Philadelphia that were suggesting that in order to get a significant piece, whether it be James Harden or anyone else, that Ben Simmons might have to be included in the deal. Does does this move? open up enough salary that they could keep Ben Simmons? Or is that the asset that people are going to need if you're going to make a significant move? You know what? I think if you're talking James Harden, and I know Philly is saying all the right things about they want, you know, they're going to run it back and keep this core together. I really, you know, it's hard for me to imagine. Like, I got to go back and study their roster and study what what they got in return. But it's really hard for me to imagine them acquiring James Harden and keeping Ben Simmons um, as well. And 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 not just from the logistics of you know what it takes to to orchestrate a trade of that magnitude, but you know even on a basketball floor, you know, just on the court, just the chemistry and dynamic there. I I don't know that. James Harden and Ben Simmons, you know, fits. You know, Ben Simmons needs the ball in his hands. Like he, he said that numerous times, and and I don't know. You know, it's up for debate if your team is at its best if the ball is in Ben's hands uh, for the majority of the game. You know, being that he still hasn't developed an outside shot, but I just don't know. I don't know if that even fits. So uh, you know, if I'm Houston, you know, I, I'm bringing back uh, a hell of an asset that has the potential to be a budding superstar in this league, or I'm bringing it back to an accomplished young star in return along with some assets. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Houston, James Harden has two years left on his deal. Houston doesn't have 
to relinquish him right now. They can play hardball, but again, I go back to what I said to James Harden. It depends on how much pressure he wants to apply. Chris, did he turn down fifty million over two years? <laughs> did he do that? Fifty million per year over two? Come on! I find Man. even in today's even in today's world, I find that a little unbelievable. What are you hearing? Golly. No, it, it, that was true. That was true. Um, you know what? Wow. It's a situation where it's a situation, guys. Where I, if Tillman Fertitta can, the you know Rockets owner, if he can convince hard, like, give me a little bit of time. Give me a little bit of time. Let's see what we can do. Give this new coach an opportunity. If they get off on a decent start, starts feeling good, he's liking the, the trajectory of the team, you know, maybe he comes back around and signs that deal. And I think that's just the position that the franchise wants to get James in, wants to get him to a position where he will consider staying um, and then go from there. But if they came and get him to that, it's bad. But, no, guys, I, man, look, man, that, that, even for a superstar, $100 million, you know, that's a lot to give up to chase a ring. You know, I, I talk I talk to – this is one agent in particular who I always talk to, talk, talk um, to every day. I won't say his name, but he, he used to play in the NBA, and he, he won a ring or two. He was like, look, Chris, I don't care what people are talking about, the, the value of a championship ring, go out and be a champion. He was like, bro, get your money first. Get your money first. He said, I don't care if you're LeBron – KD or whoever, $100 million is not chump change, you know, for anybody. So, you know, to, to pass on that, to go put yourself in a better position to win, I mean, more power to you. But come on now, that's, that's, that's a lot of money to be turning down. Yeah, we just we were talking to our friend Mark Spears uh, yesterday, and he brought up the name Boogie Cousins. Like, you talk to Boogie about turning down $50 million a year, I think you'll get a bit of a different answer, right? Yeah. Yeah, puts things in perspective for sure, and that's that's one of the worst scenarios we have out there. Right. Um, let me ask you this, because one of the other conversations that we had was it seemed like a lot of the idea from south of the border was that these two deals that the Milwaukee Bucks made um, almost cemented the idea that Giannis was going to re-sign and maybe Supermax before the date with the Bucks. Sid and I looked at it a little differently and it kind of reeked of desperation to both of us and that I don't know how much different they are now than they were a year ago when they were the top team in the NBA in the regular season. So does if this indeed falls through, as it's being reported right now, that, that Bogdan Bogdanovich had not agreed to the signing trade, could this alter what many thought was a close-to-done deal with Giannis? Could it alter? No, I definitely think, <clears throat> think it could have a ripple effect. You know, ultimately what I think is going on is that, uh, you know, first of all, you know, if we're really being real about it, you know, there's some tampering going on, you know, because we, we're not supposed to be talking about signing trades until, <clears throat> excuse me, until free agency opens. And this deal was <clears throat> what somewhat agreed to, what, two days ago? So I think ultimately what's going on is, uh, Bogdanovich probably didn't agree to the number because I have, I, 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 you know, he, he's been playing in Sacramento. You know, and I, I love Sacramento. I actually have a home in Sacramento, but <laughs> you know, he's being traded to Milwaukee, which is not 
you know, I'm just talking city. You know, I have a hard time believing he has a problem with going to Milwaukee. I think the problem is probably he has he doesn't he didn't agree to the number yet. And that's and that's the problem. So you obviously you need his consent before um executing this side and trade. So I, I don't this is an issue because obviously you don't do anything like this without having all major parties agreed to. Uh, but I don't think it's anything that's going to fall through. It is dangerous. It's a dangerous situation, particularly when you think about what Milwaukee has online with Giannis and trying to do everything they can to appease him. But I, I think it's something that's ultimately going to work its way through. Chris Haynes, Yahoo Sports here on Tim and Sid. Um, Chris, two Raptors questions, if I may. One, who do you think is the favorite to land Fred? And two, with the 29th pick tonight, is this the type of draft, when you're looking at the Raptors and other teams with a late first, could real talent slip here? Because of the lack of scouting that was allowed and how different this year was, can you see more solid, solid prospects who really shouldn't be there, but due to the circumstances are there? And are these late-round picks this year a bit more valuable than we think? I think it definitely has a potential uh, for that. Let me ask you answer your first question. I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, and definitely Fred VanVleet, one of the top free agents. Think about that, man. One of the top free agents in this class, an mm-hmm. undrafted player. Um, you know, some guy is under six feet. I don't care what he says. He may say he's six feet above. He's under six feet. I've stood next to him, and <laughs> the work he's put in, man. I, I just I love his story. Uh, I love everything about his game. He's definitely earned what is about to, you know, what what is about to happen for him. So, but I'm here in Toronto. I'm here in Toronto. You know, definitely there's interest. Uh, I don't want to throw teams' names out right now because I haven't reported it outwardly yet myself yet. But we, I, I will say this because this isn't station. But no, Toronto is a team. You know, obviously that I feel like if I had to, if I was a betting man, I would bet that. You know, the Raptors will take care of him, you know, and, and recognize him as a nice young core piece, a guy who still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, to your question about the draft in the later round, you know, I believe what Toronto has a 29th pick this year, I believe. Correct. 29th, um, yes. Th- yeah, th- yeah, there's definitely there's definitely talent there at the, at the bottom. I know this is, this is a draft that a lot of us was like kind of late to get into because of scouting and um, the college season, you know, shut down abruptly. So we didn't see a lot of the guys. And, you know, this is the first year I found myself watching more high school film of these prospects than, than actual um, college games. But, no, there's definitely some talent around there. A guy, you know, you got Cassius Winston down there um, that could be potentially had at that spot. I like, um, I like what's the kid, Cassius Stanley um, out of Duke. Um, he's a guy who can fall around that range. There's, look, guys, there's talent. You know, what I mean, I don't think I don't think you should dismiss them. You know, you know, at that round in this, in this draft, and I think it's a better draft than what people are, are um, giving it credit for. And I just think they're not getting a lot of credit because we haven't been able to scout them um, properly, like we you know we're doing in normal times. But no, I, I definitely think that you, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Toronto gets a keeper at that at that spot. Finally, Chris Lamelo Ball. Um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts on the Ball family and, and how they've gone about their business. The reality is, as a kid, this young man's gone to Europe. He's gone to Australia to play pro ball against men. It's not easy. So I'll, I'll give him credit. What's the comp? Like, what's the current NBA comp to what he could be? 
That is a good question, guys. Hey, I stood, man. Let me see. When was the last time I saw Lamelo? It wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was like right before the pandemic. God, I can't remember what what it was, but I was very surprised. Well, actually, how tall this kid is. Like he's legitimately six eight, a six eight point guard. And so, when you look at the landscape of the league, I mean, what six eight point guard do we have out there? And like, I'll say this: coaching at Memphis. Well, there, there you go. There you go. Kenny <laughs> yeah. Hardaway. There, you, there yeah. you go. I mean, it, it's really not out there. But I would tell you just about the feel and the handle for the game. I tell you who, 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 who he reminds me of, and who he kind of models his game after. Jamal Crawford. Uh, him and Jamal are are really tight. Uh, I know Jamal's been kind of talking with him through this process, and he was like, "Man, I watch all your YouTube videos, Jamal." You know, he tell I, I spoke to Jamal about this a couple of days ago. He was telling me, and uh, you know, you know, thing is, Jamal like to fill the fill the basket up. You know, he's a bucket getter, and Lamelo is not at that level yet where he can kind of you know score. But as far as feel for the game, his handles, um, his shiftiness, like you can't teach that. He has that, and I mean professionalism. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to play out. Like, obviously, he's been the spotlight for a while now. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how he copes with being an NBA player. But um, his, his upside is, is, is intriguing for sure. Chris, uh, we mean it when we say it. Uh, we've always touted you as, as the next big dude in the basketball scene, and you have fulfilled those expectations. Uh, always appreciate you doing this, but on a draft day like today, uh, we appreciate it even more. Nah, y'all my guy, so you ain't got to worry about it. Y'all take care. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you, man. There is uh, Chris Haynes, and if you want to hear podcasts, post it up. Chris Haynes is a good basketball podcast. He mentioned Cassius Winston, and to me, that's a real – I feel like this draft for the Raptors will tell us a lot about who they think they're going to re-sign. And Bobby Webster's quiet confidence – on Fred Van Vliet and then what we just heard from Chris Haynes, who is plugged in about Fred Van Vliet, makes me feel real confident that the Raptors are going to get Fred Van Vliet back. Now, the, 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 the situation surrounding their backup backup point guard, uh, and depending on what you think Fred Van Vliet is a two or a point guard, um, might have the Raptors still go point guard, but if they go refined point guard like Cassius Winston seems to be, then I would start worrying about Freddie Van Vliet's yep. future That's in fair. Toronto. That's like fair. I think if they go if they go refined big, which would be like Isaiah Stewart or Xavier Tillman, then you start thinking this is Serge Ibaka's replacement. Yeah, and depends on where they go. They, if they go draft and stash you might think that guys are starting to come back. And there's an intriguing French point guard who I like um, that I think might be in that group that the Raptors would walk down. But I want to say this. Judge who they select and then look at the roster and the free agents, and you might get an idea of what's going to happen here. Pascal Siakam was a 27th pick overall. Stick around for this pick, people. Because this team, especially lately knows what it's doing, and they don't need to be in the lottery to do it. They won a title last time I checked with players that were not selected in the NBA lottery, which was unheard of. Uh, <laughs> so we're, it's crazy. We're going to step aside. Speaking of uh, hearing, we'll see what Elliot Friedman is hearing 
Uh, the Players Association had a pretty important call today. There are some things in the ether regarding the NHL's return to play. What does Freege know? Elliot from Hockey Night in Canada next here on Tim and Sid. We're live on TV and radio. We're fighting on WhatsApp on what we're going to do in the final block. Robbie Cano <laughs> or a report on Clay Thompson suffering an injury. Sid said he could give us something on Robbie Cano. And I honestly had in my notes that I thought the Warriors could win the West tonight. Until I saw the story or from Shams Charania yeah. uh, about Clay Thompson and an injury. We're going to get to all of that in the final block. Suffice to say, it's been a jam-packed show. Uh, but we're going to talk a little hockey right now, Sid. Yeah, Larry Brooks saying uh, the owners are asking more of a deferral of the players. Conference call today at 4, apparently. That's really all we know. Elliot Friedman usually knows. And we just like him as a human being. He's joining us from Hockey Night in Canada. Freeze, how you doing, man? How's your Wednesday? Busy? Don't, don't lie to crowd. everybody, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I know you. I take it all back. Um, what's, uh... How's the vacation going, by the way, Freeze? <laughs> The vacation where you're not on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, saw you in Central I last night. I'm sure you're the last go. seven months, oddly enough. Yeah. When's yeah. the last time you had a real vacation that was actually a vacation? Seriously, the sure. phone was down. Some phone was off. When was it? I don't know. I, I can't even remember. Like two two summers ago, three summers ago. Like the phone's never off, right? I guess. I guess I'm just I'm looking for like a three day period where maybe it is, but that's foolhardy. Times I look at it less, but the phone's never off. Uh, Fair enough. I think the last time I turned off my phone actually, like just like off, 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 was probably uh, I don't even want to say, but it was it was nine years ago. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I believe. Well, the work you put in, man, I believe it, and I've been trying to. I I try and compliment this guy all the time with work ethic. He's like, ah, shut up. Other people work harder than me. No. You're Elliot Friedman. You bust your ass constantly. Um, all right, Friedge, so what What can you tell us about what's happening now with the players? Well, the call's still going, as far as I know. Um, I, I don't, it's not over yet. Um, you know, that, that Larry Brooks' report yesterday was accurate. I was told that, the you know, there's a bit of semantics here because I don't think it's officially a proposal, but I do believe that the league and the players... Uh, their representatives talked about it last Friday. And it was brought up, how would you feel about this? And so it's not a formal proposal, but the league had let it be known that they wanted to, that, that they felt that even since the new CBA was signed in July, which is what, six months ago, things have changed. And, you know, I mean... The player reaction is, is pretty much what you would expect it would be. Hey, we just signed a deal. Why do we have to change it? There is something in that CBA that said there could be further negotiations, but both sides have to agree. So I think there's some frustration. Um, I don't think it means it's impossible that something's going to get done, but I don't think they're incredibly happy about it. So Sid and I accused both sides of kind of posturing because we walked every step with Major League Baseball, shook our heads, and said they're probably going to play, and they played. Mm -hmm. And then we heard the NBA kind of go through a back and forth, 
and LeBron James was saying, let's play in January. And what that ended up in was we're going to play in December, but an escrow yep. number that was at 40% went down to 20%. And yep. all of a sudden they're playing in December. So I'm, I'm not going to say that you need to accuse anyone of posturing here, but in the end, should hockey fans be worried about what's going I, on right no, now? I, I don't think they're canceling the season. Like I, I, to me, that's just crazy talk. I, I don't think the season's getting canceled. And I, and I don't, Look, the players want to play. The league wants to play. They've got a problem here, which is not insignificant. But, uh, like, Sid and Tim, as you guys know, there have been times in the past. You go back to the strike in 1992 or the lockouts in 94 or 2004 or 2012 that walking out was a strategy. It is not the strategy here. Like, it is... This that is the absolute last thing everyone needs, and it would be a monumental failure. Look, they had every excuse not to play last summer, and the commissioner was like, "We have to play, we have to play, we can't not play." And they played, and they got it done. And I, I loved watching it, and um, you know, it got some business done that they needed to get done. They can't not play. Like, especially if the NBA goes and baseball just went, like, and NFL's, like, could you imagine if the NBA plays and the NHL doesn't, the damage it would do to the business? You, it, it, it's not happening. I think that it's not easy. Um, I think the, the thing that the players look at, and one player said this to me today, he said, look, like, I understand the way the CBA works. It's 50-50. Escrow's capped right now. But... You know, like, if we defer this money, is there, is the, especially with no fans in the building, are the losses going to be so much that we're never going to get this money? And I understand his point, because his point is, like, basically, the way the CBA works, it's if the players make too much of the revenue, it's pay now or pay later. So I understand what the issue is here from the player's point of view. But we can't not play. And I don't believe it's an option. I think that the player, like I said, the players want to play. The league wants to play. There's some teams that may not want to play without fans in the building. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like Tim, it, it it would be such a disaster. I don't believe that's on the radar. I think they're going to have to grind their way to a solution. And I think the payment plan is going to be key. I don't know if 13 will actually be the number. Would it end up being 10? But the league realized the players were dead set against uh, uh, a prorated salary. So they came up with this. I think my guess is it gets done, but nobody's really going to be happy about it. Put it that way. They'll have to break some eggs to get to that omelet. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, Elliot Freeman here on Tim and Sid. The one thing that I think is more up in the air, Tim, or uh, Elliot, and and, and you have never wavered in terms of what you're hearing in terms of Gary wants January 1st. Yeah. But, Elliot, it feels like with each passing day here, like the NBA had to move heaven and earth to get to December 22nd. How how under threat is December or January 1st as a start date? Well, look, as I said, I think he wants it to be January 1st. Like, you mentioned LeBron James, and there, LeBron James wasn't the only player who said, let's go in January. But the league provided them with conclusive documentation that said, if we wait longer, we're going to lose this much. 
And the players got it. They said, okay, it may not be our first priority, but we're going to do it because we see this conclusive proof. Like, there's a couple of things here. Number one, um, the, the earlier you get in, the more games. Correct. That's important for regional TV packages. The second thing is, the earlier you get in, and I think this is really important, the more you have an ability to adapt on the fly if COVID shuts down your schedule. Like, look, like, like NFL's already, like, tweaking the back end of their schedule. Look what's happening in college football. Yeah. Like, they are limping to the finish line. Um, I think Bettman sees that, and he's like, we have to give ourselves runway. Um, you know, I said last night, I think they're talking about a 60-game schedule, and I think they're also talking about that break week in the, at the end just to make sure. And so, look, I, I'm skeptical they'll get it done by January 1st. I think it'll be more likely January 15th, but everybody who knows him is telling me that Bettman is trying to do anything he can to get it January 1st. And I think part of the reason, Sid, is to create the mentality we're playing and you guys better get it in your heads. We're playing and soon it's as much the mentality as it is anything else. But I really do think that he wants to get it done as early as possible. Uh, Sid pointed out a, a Richard Zussman uh, tweet from earlier today. Yeah. He, he reports for global and BC about John Horgan, the premier of British Columbia, uh, asking that non-essential, that no non-essential travel happen to and from British Columbia until a, after a vaccine comes. Um, this is among the strongest language that we have heard from a province that has used some of the strongest language uh, from the start of this pandemic. And, mm-hmm. and Dr. Bonnie Henry, who's done a, a wonderful job, has has the NHL heard this, and how would this? impact a Canadian division if, in fact, we are getting there? Now, I'm not familiar with this, so let me ask okay. you a couple of questions. Number sure. one, did I hear you say asking, or was it mandated? This is, this is not a mandate yet, well, but it then, is being talked about right now. Well, the thing is, until there's a mandate, there's no mandate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But number two is, you, you mentioned a word there, essential. Like, who counts as essential? There's the rub. That, that's, that's the question that, that they're following up with, too, is many people are saying, well, what will... And, and apparently this will come in the next day or two. What so we'll will have be, our answer, right? Yeah, determined as essential, yeah. We'll have our answer. I mean, you know, like... like and that's why, like, I, like I saw reports today the border's going to be closed until December 21st. Did I see that? I missed that one. I'm not shocked by it, but I had to have that one. Or maybe that's already the one it is. I can't even remember. My head is like spinning. I can't remember what's going (laughs) on anymore. All of us. Uh, I'm just trying to keep track of whether that schools are going to be open or not. Um, You know, I I think that, look, like, hey, we're all talking about the money here. We know the number one thing we're at the mercy of is COVID. It's public health, yeah. And all you can do is plan. Like, people say to me, like, how could you even be talking about this? Like, cases are exploding. And I'm like, I get that. And I realize that everything we talk about here is at the mercy of that. But that doesn't mean you don't plan to be prepared to go if you can go. Correct. And rapid testing is going to hopefully 
rapidly That's going to be the key to all of this. Yeah. I, you know, that's what a couple of players have told me, that rapid testing has come up a lot, and it's going to be a big part of all of this. And, hope, and I, I mean, like, I've mentioned it to a couple of people, and they say, are they accurate enough? And I know they're working on new tests, and, you know, hopefully we get to that point, for not only for, the, for athletes' sake, for, for everybody's everybody. sake. Hopefully, uh, I... I... I have trust in Health Canada. I don't. I haven't known people there for a long time. I used to work there for you. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not, not I, know that. They would, well, they would well, never. They would never you? let me well, do. Were, were you I like cleaned. a leading surgeon who quit to become uh, a sports broadcaster? I, I was. I was Matt Damon at the front of Goodwill Hunting, just, just doing problems <laughs> left and right. That was me. Uh, Freed, finally, staying on a serious note here. This is the real. This is all serious. But the real issue hockey fans have had this week. I'm going to ask you. Your uh-huh. favorite retro reverse jersey was what? And your least favorite retro reverse jersey was what? The real issue at hand in hockey. <laughs> well, I, I, the, the two I love the most were, the, uh, I love the Colorado one, and I love the Anaheim one. Like, I, I'm like, if you're, if you're going, if you're jumping off the pool, uh, jumping off the cliff without looking at the water, <laughs> just go in. <laughs> the Ducks one, I have no idea what's going on there. Well, I think Zero. it's great because it's way out there. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna go, go. That's what I always say. If you're going off the cliff, don't look. Just dive right in. So, I like I give respect to the Ducks for coming up with something that crazy. Like, I I, I tip my cap to them. The one I like the least. Um, you don't have to answer it, but if you have one, throw no, it. No, no, you know what? Like. I, you know, I wish the like I, I saw today that the Islanders put out like uh, fish stick stuff, and I was like, why didn't you put that in the uniform? Like on backpacks, right? You saw the same tweet I saw. Like yes. they just they, they didn't put it on the jersey though. Yeah, it was it's an I interesting know. point. Yeah, yeah. Like so if you're gonna do that, do the uniform. Um, <laughs> the I, li- I like one. most of them. I like I couldn't believe when I saw Amber say he really liked the Detroit one. I was like. Well, this explains why Amber, Amber's like the weak link on Hockey Night in Canada. He likes that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good dig at the end. Good dig at the end. Um, all right, Fridge. Oh, sorry, Tim. Go ahead. You wanted to jump in? With so something? I was going to say confirm December 21st was the day. Uh, That's more that important. We we're all trying to figure it out. So uh, confirm December 21st is uh, mm-hmm. border closure extended to December 21st. Got to cancel my plans of Boca Raton. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were just hopping. Oh, I was going to have my speedo ready for you. you. Should see it. It's great. Actually, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Sid, aren't you're like a bit of a germaphobe? Are are you? Aren't you? Uh, no, not based on my diet. No. No, no, I don't think you can say that. Like, I'm maybe I'm a germaphobe, not like on the outside, but on the inside. I bring in all the germs. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'll eat anything. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm Howie Mandel in that way. I don't know if you can classify me as a germaphobe. But uh, oh, I was going to say because I couldn't see you getting on a plane right now. Like, not a chance. Adnan Verk threw out a, tw- a pick today. He got on a plane. I don't. Know, I don't know where he was going, but like, that is such a foreign thought yep. to me. It is so not on the radar. I can't even imagine going near Pearson International Airport for any reason. I would love to. I would love to be in a state where we can all say, hey, let's go to Boca Raton. But right now, it's just I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm with you on this. Like uh, like, Like, I've been talking about it with my family, just change the scenery for a weekend or a week or something like that. But you you just can't do it. You can't do it. First of all, we should all be hunkering down. That's number one. And number two, 
like I just can't imagine getting on a plane. I love traveling. With that said, Fridge, I got great prices on a cruise for January if you want them. I saw them today. <laughs> yeah, you get on. Let it, me know. I won't see you until the following January. Yeah, that Disney, yeah. those Disney tickets went down, man. Let's do this. Let's go. Uh, Blake, Blake wrote in and said, "Did Sid leave Health Canada because the cafeteria didn't have gravy?" <laughs> Uh, tell uh, Ken Reed to suck it. That's a good tweet. Was that Ken Reed? Uh, I, can't Blake. Tell. I had a really Blake. promising career as Canada's greatest surgeon, but I left because the cafeteria didn't have gravy. I have standards, Elliot. I have standards. Uh, have a great night, buddy. Take care. All right. Take care, guys. Uh, there is Elliot Friedman, hockey in Canada. Uh, the Ducks is just a reverse. Like they they wore a jersey that was similar before. It was sim- Yes, it was with similar. the duck it on just- it. I just yeah, but like I looked at it and I said, "What the duck is going on here?" I, I almost didn't say that. I almost tripped right. up there. Almost tripped up. Robbie Cano tests positive for steroids again, and I thought the Warriors had a chance to win the West tonight. I don't know if I do anymore. We'll do both next here on Tim and Sid if we have time. Sportsnet five nine of the fan and Sportsnet Television. Welcome back to Tim and Sid. He is Tim McAuliffe. I'm Sid Sixero. Wrapping up this, uh, turned out to be a busy Wednesday show. Breaking news from the NBA. We're talking to Freeze, talking to Chris Haynes. I insulted Donovan Bennett's family. It's just loaded with information. Loaded. Tim, uh, prior to the break, you said tonight uh, was a night where you thought Golden State could kind of wrap up another conference title here. But as, as is the case with a lot of things uh, on this show over the last two hours, things can change, and uh, it looks like they have. What are you, what are, what are you looking at there? What do you got? Here, here's, here's what I was going to – I had a take for earlier in the show where I was going to say, you were going to ask me, we never got to it, what are you looking most forward to? And we're going to get into the Raptors, but I was also going to say, I think the Warriors can win the West tonight if they add a quality big man to Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And as my – 10-year-old reminded me yesterday, Eric Pascal's continued growth is a part of that equation too. But I thought, okay, maybe James Wiseman. Then I heard this rumor that they they were in on a Wendell Clark Jr. deal with um, Wendell Clark, Wendell Carter Jr. deal. That's big news <laughs> if the Warriors acquired Wendell Clark at this stage of his career. What a hooper. Wendell, Wendell, Wendell. Windmill. That's an amazing Freudian slip. Um, and I thought this is such a Warriors move. Go get a guy who can jump out of the gym, rebound off of a team that doesn't know what the hell they're doing in the Chicago Bulls. And if they make that deal, that is a huge pickup. Then this came across the wire. Shams Charania followed by Woj. Sham shock, Woj bomb. Clay Thompson will undergo testing within the next few days on a leg injury suffered in a workout in Southern California today. Everyone freaks out. What the hell happened? He's coming off of a ACL tear in his left knee that Raptor fans know really well and just game six missed the season. Yep. Um, now a follow-up from Woj saying that Thompson's possible injury involves his lower right leg today. Sources tell ESPN and then reiterates the ACL was his left knee. So this is, I mean, that adds another huge wrinkle into what I thought could be a West-changing trade 
if they got Wendell Clark or Wendell Carter. <laughs> if there's still time to get Wendell Clark, Tim. The Leafs, right. they're, they're, they're open to offers. I'm always torn on that, is it a different knee thing? Because if it's the same knee, everyone freaks out, obviously, as a human being, as a sports fan. But if it's like a different knee, how is that better? Like, does it's that not, not add to your problems? You know what I mean? Like, I keep, I know what, I know what they're doing in the update. They're, they're, they're attempting to alleviate some of that concern. But if it's the other knee now that's the issue, we are in the same spot almost. Well, and you don't even know well, it's a knee. It could be an ankle. And you, like, yeah, you do, it could be anything else. Could as be anything. an athlete, sometimes when you're injury prone, it's because you do compensate for an injury by trying to do other things. Like I. I separated my, my left shoulder pretty bad. My right shoulder ended up being worse because subconsciously I kept hitting with my right shoulder instead of my left yeah. shoulder. And You yeah, never thought about it that way? Me. Like you, you, were, you were actually subconsciously doing that? Yeah, when you were playing. Yeah, you, you weren't I mean, even thinking about it. it. Might you were have been, just leaning like, in. Might have even been more conscious than subconscious. But I was using the right shoulder way more. And now when I yeah. look at my shoulders, my right one kills way more than my left one does. Hmm. Um, I just... I go back, Tim, you and I covering the All-Star game in Toronto, the coldest weekend in Toronto history. And, we, and you and I were doing shows from the convention center, I, I believe we were at. And look, you're an NBA star during All-Star weekend in Toronto. You are, you're fairly sheltered, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you're not around fans a ton. But I remember one show, Ryan Walsh of, of Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet, just came, comes up to us and goes, Clay Thompson's coming to the set. I'm like, Clay Thompson's coming to the set. Like, this is the Warriors in their in their height. I'm like, yeah. okay. I'm like, he must have 30 people around him. He had two people around him. He was mobbed. He was coming. He was walking through like he was a like he was a regular person. Came to the set. Fantastic guy. For the seven minutes we talked to him, I hate saying that because you don't know people in seven minutes. But with us, he was great. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of him as a player, and he walked out, and he was mobbed by mobbed. This was a security lapse for a player of his level, and he and he was fine with it. He was fine with it. Off the court, on the court, I've seen a lot of things with Clay. I really love, really love, and I just hope my only, my only addition here, Tim, is I hope he's okay because that kid is is a phenomenal player. Broke my heart, you know, in the joy of the Raptors winning. It did break my heart to see what happened to him in Game Six. And I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Uh, Robbie Cano, I don't know if this broke your heart. To hear that Robbie Cano had tested positive for PED use for a second time. Although, I mean, let's be honest. He had a pretty good year for the New York Mets. Like, this is a significant blow. His numbers. we We now know why. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But he's lost no, for the entire year to a Mets team that was hoping to make a difference. Yep, for the second time in his career, uh, he got hit with a performance-enhancing drug test that came back positive. The first was a masking agent. He said, uh, I, I wasn't actually using performance enhancers. That's a, that's a, that's a suspension. This one's a flat-out stenozolol, the famous Ben Johnson drug from 88. Stenozolol, Timmy. Heard yeah. that a million times. Um, so, so Robinson Cano is gone for the year. But you mentioned it to me. He had like a bomb base of 350 this past season. Hit, yeah, hit 316 or, or 315. Um, but my big point is, if you're, I think this is significant for a couple of reasons. If you're a Jays fan, you've got to pay way more attention to this. Because Robinson Cano now comes off their books next year at $24 million. Right. Second baseman. And he DH'd a lot. Maybe, you know, we still don't know officially if there's a DH in the National League next year. Yeah. But he's not going to be there regardless. 
But now that money, you're a brand new owner in Steve Cohen. You need an infielder. You, DJ LeMahieu was out there. That's 24 extra million dollars that the Mets didn't think, and Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, didn't think they would have to spend that they just like found in old jeans in their pocket and go, oh, this is nice. Well, and a pretty I big don't think they're the that. Lineup. But are they that distraught? If they can spend more, they might think he's done, Tim. They could buy him out when he comes back. I don't know how devastated the Mets are, is my point. Because when you look at the free agent situation, or if you look at the trade situation out in Cleveland specifically, you can do some things here. You can do some things. And if I'm the Jays, this isn't great. Giving the Mets an extra $24 million to spend in this market is not something I anticipated. And it could make things a little bit tougher. So I, don't, I could care less about Robinson Cano and his Hall of Fame chances and any of that. I do not. He got bit twice. He's an idiot. But for the Jays and their perspective, this is very interesting. Because the market just got a little bit tougher, and Lindor, we'll uh, we'll see in the coming Wong, weeks what happens. DJ Lemayhew, all of these things, yep. all of a sudden, and Lemayhew was already tied to the Mets, right? Like big this time. is big time. The, the, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to miss um, Cano, and I think they're going to miss his bat, but they are going to spend to replace it. Make no mistake, they're going to spend to replace it. Um, NBA draft tonight, hearing from Adrian Wojnarowski now on Twitter again. Houston is trading Trevor Ariza and the number 16 pick tonight to Detroit for a future first-round pick. So they are a hard-cap team, and this gives them a little flexibility to spend some money elsewhere. Hmm. What that means to Harden? Hmm. I, uh, yeah, Chris Haynes earlier in the show, he wasn't confident at all that deal could happen tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic for that, Tim. <laughs> I'm waiting for this hard news at any time. Should be a fun draft, though. Should be a fun Sportsnet, draft. Sportsnet, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Don't you dare miss it. The NBA draft promises to be exciting. For Tim McAuliffe, I'm Sid Sixero. Timmy, it was a pleasure. We'll do this again tomorrow. It's a long Bye. day. You're welcome, Dangle. <laughs> and as we go, remember... Very important, kids. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And watch the draft. Wash your hands. Yeah. Watch the draft. Wash your hands. Washing your hands. Two suggestions. Perfect.